0: Hello everybody and welcome to my third in a weekly series of videos detailing what is coming up this week on broadcast, on streaming, in theaters. It's kind of a one-stop shop. Before we jump into it, I mentioned this as well last week, but I understand that a lot of what I'm talking about, these movies and shows, etc., are what you might call struck projects or projects that right now the WGA and SAG-AFTRA are on strike against that they're not able to promote. I don't consider this show to be promotional. I think it's informational and I think it also helps those on strike for the things to enjoy success because it proves their value to the different studios. But at the same time, I'm sympathetic to the fact that I am talking about these movies and shows. So I just wanted to remind everybody that I am 100% behind both unions and what they're doing and what they're asking for. They both deserve a fair deal and they both deserve one quickly. They've been moving far too slowly. And when I say they, I mean the producers, not the unions. I hope that these strikes are over soon in a way that is equitable for the writers and the actors. And also I wanted to remind you that I will be giving 5% of my ad revenue for the duration of these strikes to two organizations. You can find links in the description below. One of them is the Entertainment Community Fund, which provides emergency assistance for people in all areas of the arts, not just actors and writers. And the other one is the go for pas Alliance, which specifically supports production assistants, the lowest paid and often the hardest working people on set that are also out of work during these strikes. So check out both of those organizations. And just watching this show is enough to get donations flowing to those organizations. So thank you for watching. And let's jump into the week ahead and what you can watch either at home or in theaters. And we will start with today, Monday, the 11th of September. And opening in theaters today is a 40th anniversary 4K restoration in IMAX of the landmark concert film Stop Making Sense. Jonathan Demme directed this concert film back in 1984, a hugely critically acclaimed at the time, and critically acclaimed to this day, featuring talking heads. As the Eras Tour prepares to break into theaters next month, Stop Making Sense helped to break down the barriers that allowed a concert film like the Eras Tour to play in theaters nationwide. It's not just playing in IMAX, but it has been remastered for IMAX by A24, and you can check that out starting tonight. On Tuesday, it is finally the premium video on demand date of Barbie. So if you weren't able to see it in theaters or you didn't get out to theaters or you want to watch it again, you will be able to purchase or rent it. These would be the high price rentals, the PVOD or premium video on demand rentals on various digital platforms starting tomorrow. So Barbie breaking theatrical records. Let's see if it can break some streaming records as well. Also airing tomorrow night is the 2023 MTV Video Music Awards. This used to be appointment television for me, but I don't watch the VMAs anymore because I don't really know many of the artists anymore. It just kind of happens as you get older. Although I also wonder how many young people still watch MTV, unless you're a massive fan of Ridiculousness, which I think literally plays on that channel 21 hours a day. I'm shocked that anybody watches MTV anymore. I guess it's the appeal of the artists and not necessarily of the MTV brand. So if you're an old school guy like me that's still watching MTV, or if you want to see who of these artists that I mostly don't know is going to take home the Moon Man, then you can watch the VMAs tomorrow night. Premiering its second season on FX Tuesday is season two of Welcome to Wrexham, the docu-series chronicling Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney's Welsh football slash soccer, as we call it here in the US, team Wrexham AFC. The duo bought the football club back in 2021 and have been documenting its seasons ever since, and I believe there's some high drama in the second season of Welcome to Wrexham. You can see that starting tomorrow, and then streaming on Hulu after it airs on FX, and then available on Amazon Prime Video tomorrow is an interesting movie from earlier this year that I wasn't able to see called Inside. Willem Dafoe is trapped alone in a swanky penthouse, not with Bo Burnham, after he gets trapped there by the security system because he was there trying to steal the art. It is basically a one-man show featuring Willem Dafoe. As I said, this looked intriguing to me, didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, now have a second chance because it'll be streaming on Amazon Prime Video starting tomorrow. On Wednesday, Poirot fans will be able to get their first look potentially at the latest Hercule Poirot film from Kenneth Branagh, A Haunting in Venice. The movie opens officially on Friday, but there are a lot of early access screenings that are happening in some cities on Wednesday, so if you just can't wait until Friday or honestly Thursday afternoon, because that's when screenings start now, and you want to get a jump on Wednesday, you may just have a screening that day in your town. Check your local listings, no word if there's enough champagne to fill the canals of Venice with this this film, but hopefully there will be enough money to fill the box office coffers and let Kenneth Branagh keep making these films because I quite like his Poirot films. In a special limited engagement on Wednesday and Thursday is the film After Everything. It is the fifth film in the After series which started with the movie After back in 2019. This film, as the others did, stars Hero, Finds Tiffin, and Josephine Langford. It is the first movie not directly based on a book from the series that originated on Wattpad. As with the other After films here in the United States, After Everything will have a two-night limited theatrical engagement from Fathom Films, and then it will be available to stream exclusively on Netflix thereafter. Coming up this Wednesday on Disney Plus is the documentary Marvel Studios Assembled Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The series returns to chronicle the making of Guardians 3, which of course came out earlier this summer. These specials began with WandaVision a couple of years ago. We'll get Guardians 3 this week, and then later this month, we will also get one on the making of Secret Invasion. Ooh, I bet so many people are excited for that one. One of the original Apple TV Plus shows was The Morning Show. I've never seen an episode of it, but it's back for season three, and this third season appears to revolve around a cyber attack and a potential buyout from John Hamm, so looks like some intrigue there. Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston also appear very annoyed with each other, and Billy Crudup seems extremely put upon. I I can really just go from what I see in the trailer here. No worries about the ratings, though, because a fourth season of The Morning Show has already been ordered. Debuting on Hulu this Wednesday is the series The Other Black Girl, which is based on the novel by Zakiya Delilah Harris. It's about the only black woman at a publishing company who's happy when another black woman is hired, and things seem to be going well until strange things begin to happen, perhaps even supernatural. The trailer makes this look kind of like Get Out meets Devil meets Prada meets Black Swan. I don't know, it looks kind of interesting. Rashida Jones is an executive producer on the show and co-wrote the pilot with the book's author. Debuting on Netflix Wednesday is the docu-series Wrestlers, which covers Ohio Valley wrestling, an organization that wrestlers use as a league to potentially launch them into the high-stakes world of actual professional wrestling. I think that there are going to be a lot of people interested in this, and you know what? It looks like kind of a classic underdog story, so it might just kind of be a fun watch, even if you're not a wrestling fan. And finally, on Wednesday, after a slow start, but a solid theatrical run, Elemental, Pixar's latest movie, begins its streaming journey on Disney+, Plus, where many of its direct predecessors from Pixar began their journeys. I was not overly impressed with Elemental, I thought it was fine, but a lot of people really, really seemed to enjoy that film. As I said, it did well at the box office after a very lackluster opening, so if you didn't get a chance to go to theaters and you want to see Elemental, it's on Disney+, and I'll be watching the streaming ratings very closely because this could be one of those movies that we see for a while on the charts because people just keep rewatching it and rewatching it. This Thursday in some theaters around the country is the horror anthology film Satanic Hispanics, featuring five stories from five Latino directors, including The Blair Witch Project's Eduardo Sanchez and One of the Dead's Alejandra Brugues. I love that Satanic Hispanics is coming out because it looks cool and because I love Halloween and because when Halloween movies come out, it means that it's almost fall, which means that it's almost not summer. I know that many people love summer. I am not a fan. I don't like hot weather. So when I see these movies coming out, it's like, ah, the humidity is going down. The temperatures are falling and I can stop sweating every 30 seconds. Making its debut on Hulu and also premium video on demand this Thursday is Theater Camp, which just got swallowed by Barbenheimer and never even made it to a bunch of markets, including my market. It really is a fun movie and in a different world, I think this would have been a sleeper hit at the box office. It's about a bunch of kids who put on a show at their summer camp, while the counselors also work out their issues. Theater Camp has some hilarious performances, some legitimately great original music, and this was just one of those unfortunate Fortunate circumstances, I think of the fact that Barbie and Oppenheimer both took up so many screens, those got taken away from theater camp and it never really caught on the way that it should have. So if you didn't see it in theaters and the box office numbers tell me that most people didn't, you can see it on Hulu or Rent It Premium Video On Demand this week. It is definitely worth your time. Your tears should come from within, from the story, from the words on the page, not from some emotional grenade that you smuggled in. Tear sticks are doping for actors. Do you want to be the Lance Armstrong of theater? No. As is usual for Friday, there are many options, both in theaters and for streaming, and we will start with The Haunting in Venice. This is its wide release day, so if you don't have those early access screenings, you can see it starting on Friday. Sir Kenneth Branagh fighting ghosts, maybe? What's not to love? Also playing in many theaters around the country on Friday is the stop-motion animation film The Inventor from writer-director Jim Capobianco, one of the writers that has story credit for Ratatouille from Pixar several years ago. Steven Fry voices Leonardo da Vinci with Marianne Cotillard, Daisy Ridley, and Matt Berry also in the voice cast. Opening in limited release this upcoming weekend is Dumb Money. Remember the meme stocks from a few years ago? It became a pandemic headline and now the shorting of GameStop stock is a movie as Paul Dano plays the everyman making millions at home and humiliating Wall Street, including a finance wizard played by Seth Rogen. I'm really looking forward to this one because it has that big short energy with that underdog story to boot. The only thing is that I will be watching the movie gnashing my teeth that I did not participate back in 2021. Oh, this bedroom could have been so much more elaborately decorated. Cassandro stars Gael Garcia Bernal as a gay luchador who succeeds as an exotico, or a wrestler who dresses in drag, named Cassandro and breaks barriers along the way. Bad Bunny is also one of the film's co-stars. Amazon will stream this movie on Amazon Prime Video next week, but it gets a one week limited release. This was a big buzzy movie coming out of Sundance, although I don't believe it's screened in competition, but I've been seeing stuff about it over the year, really since the beginning of the year, so I'm excited to get a chance to see it actually in person. Michael Jai White directs and co-writes a movie called Outlaw Johnny Black with Byron Menz. The two of them also collaborated on a movie called Black Dynamite. If you haven't seen Black Dynamite, pause this video and go watch Black Dynamite because it is a hilarious film. Outlaw Johnny Black stars Michael Jai White as the title character who rides into town posing as a preacher after they've been invaded by bandits. If this is playing near you, I highly advise going to see it, if only because if it's half as funny as Black dynamite was it will still be hilarious didn't the bible say to turn the other cheek i don't know i mean probably y- yeah in limited release this weekend is a documentary called radical wolf about writer tom wolf who began as a reporter then became a non-fiction writer and novelist tom wolf was one of the most prominent and distinct voices in journalism and publishing in his era and this is a documentary that tracks his entire career Nick Cage just keeps on working, and he's back in limited release this weekend with The Retirement Plan. I caught a trailer for this movie a while back. He plays what looks like kind of a grizzled old retiree living on the beach who also happens to have special assassin skills. Ron Perlman, Jackie Earl Haley, and Ashley Green co-star in the movie. You know, Nick Cage's movies may not always be good, but he is always interesting in them, and this looked like an interesting film. Again, I don't know if it's coming to my market, but I look forward to seeing it at some point. Also, opening in limited release is the latest film from directors Ideal El Arbi and Bilal Falah or Adil and Bilal. They broke out in the film world really with Bad Boys for Life shortly before the pandemic in 2020. They directed the premiere and finale of Ms. Marvel, and then of course they had their DC film Batgirl shelved for tax purposes, Rebel is about a young man from Belgium who goes to Syria in order to help with the war effort, but ends up with a militia as his mother attempts to keep his younger brother from joining him. I'm really rooting for these two because of what WB did to them, and so I hope that this film is another step in their journey, because to spend so much time and to really have nothing to show for it has gotta be a heartbreaking experience. So really just to support those two, I will also be seeking out Rebel, when I can and seeing what they have to offer. This is kind of my head-scratching pick of the week. There always seems to be one, starting with Slaughterhouse a couple of weeks ago. It's a movie called Camp Hideout, which is actually headed to my market, even though it doesn't look like a very high-budget movie. The trailer looked pretty standard at first. A troubled kid goes to a wholesome summer camp and rejects authority, but ultimately learns to grow. But the more the trailer went on, the more I got confused, because it looks like at some point it just turns into straight-up Home Alone, and then they drop a line in the trailer about... Magic? You stole a magical video game from a bunch of gangsters? But there doesn't really seem to be any magic in the other parts of the trailer. I'm I'm thoroughly confused by this, but of course we're getting this one in my market. Dumb money and theater camp we don't get, but camp hideout we do. Go figure. We have a lot more to break down this week and a lot more events in the week ahead, but before we get to those, I want to thank the sponsor for this week's show. This episode is brought to you by Babbel. Everyone knows what you call someone who speaks two languages, right? Yeah, bilingual. But what about someone who only speaks one language? Well, by and large, you'd call that person an American because only 22% of Americans speak a language other than English at home. But starting this fall, you can start learning a new language and be the exception, not the rule. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Why Babbel? Well, because it works, Babbel's quick 10 minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts, and Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. I've been brushing up on my Spanish, and getting back into the swing of things that I learned so many years ago is as easy as uno dos. That's the sound you hear on Babbel when you get something right. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations and their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help improve your pronunciation and get you prepped and confident for real world conversations. Here's a special limited time deal for our watchers and listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for people watching the show at babbel.com dan. That's 55% off at babbel.com slash dan. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Dan. Rules and restrictions may apply. Over the last 10 years, I've applied to the space program 12 times, and I've been on the verge of giving up after each and every rejection. But you know what, sir? Here I am. So you could turn me down again, but rest assured, I'll be standing here again in a year. Streaming on Amazon Prime Video starting on Friday is the film A Million Miles Away. Michael Pena stars in the true story of a man who began his life as a migrant farm worker and then dedicated his efforts to becoming a NASA astronaut. Rosa Salazar and Garrett Delahunt co-star and director Alejandra Marquez Abella is at the helm of this one. I don't know if he actually makes it to space, but it would be pretty depressing if he didn't. El Conde is the movie that we talked about on last week's show. It's the latest film from director Pablo Lorraine, imagining Chilean dictator Auguste Pinochet as a centuries-old vampire. It had a one-week limited run in theaters. It is now streaming on Netflix starting on Friday. So if it wasn't playing near you, it certainly wasn't playing near me. You can see it streaming starting this week. Also streaming this week on Netflix is the romantic comedy Love at First Sight. It's about two people who fall in love on an international flight, but after one of them loses the other's phone number they try to find each other again in London without knowing how to find each other. This seems like a throwback to an old school rom-com, which means it'll either be completely ignored by Netflix's audience or become one of their most watched movies ever. Judging from the trailer, it actually looks kind of charming, I don't know. It might be worth a watch on a lazy Saturday afternoon. Premiering on Netflix also this Friday is the second season of Surviving Summer, the Australian teen series about a Brooklyn girl who moves down under to hang around a group of surfers. It had a solid performance last year which spurred a Netflix renewal. The show's clever because it takes place in summer, but also the main character's name is Summer. So the title has two meanings, you see. And finally, a pair of acclaimed miniseries hitting Netflix on Friday, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, created the 2001 series Band of Brothers, which follows the U.S. Army's Easy Company Airborne Division throughout its European campaign in World War II. Then a companion series of sorts, The Pacific, debuted in 2010, which follows three Marines across key moments in the Pacific Theater during World War II. Both series are coming to Netflix because it is part of Warner Brothers Discovery's experiment, I guess, although they did this before they started their own streaming service, with licensing specific hbo programming to other platforms including netflix so we've seen a handful of hbo series popping up on netflix in the last few weeks we now have these two acclaimed miniseries and if you haven't seen either one of these they are also great so there's plenty of great stuff to watch this week Finally wrapping out with this upcoming weekend, on Saturday, September 16th, DC is celebrating Batman Day with several different events, but one of them is a return of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. That's right, all three films will be coming back to theaters nationwide, so check your local listings if you want to catch one or all three of them. Then on Sunday, September 17th on Paramount Plus is the debut of The Gold Season 1. This series comes from the UK. It aired on BBC One earlier this year and now makes its way stateside. It follows one of the biggest and most infamous robberies in history at London's Heathrow Airport in 1983. The series stars Hugh Bonneville, Dominic Cooper, and Sean Harris, amongst others. Before we look at the overall schedule, I'm actually adding a new feature to this show that is from one of my other shows, Charts with Dan. It's something called Rotten Tomatoes Decoded, and the reason I'm bringing it here on this show is because I didn't want to just talk about movies. I wanted to throw in streaming movies and streaming series as well, and since we talk about everything here on the coming soon portion of the channel, I felt like it would be a good fit here. So if you haven't seen this segment before, it's basically to sort of dive deeper down into the Rotten Tomatoes score, because I feel like most people don't really know how to read those scores, partially because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't really do much to help you understand how to read those scores. A Tomato Meter score, for example, of 80% doesn't mean that critics think that a movie or show is 80% good. It just means that 80% of critics liked it. They may have liked it a little. They may have liked it a lot. You don't really know. It doesn't tell you how much critics like a movie or show, just that they liked it and how many of them liked it. What I do here is look at movies and shows using the average rating, which is another number on Rotten Tomatoes. You have to click the tomato meter to find it now, but it gives you a 1 to 10 scale, which will tell you how much the critics like that movie or show, and that will often be much more indicative of what critics thought instead of just looking at that tomato meter. So I've compiled some new and upcoming releases. This is a minimum of 10 reviews, On Rotten Tomatoes and of course I couldn't include everything that we talked about on this show or on last week's show so this is kind of a smattering of stuff that is in theaters and also available for streaming. Looking first at the tomato meter so this is just the binary fresh rotten metric my big fat Greek wedding had not great reviews 28% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes that means that of all critics that reviewed the movie only 28% gave it a positive review The none 2 is at 46% then we have kind of a middle layer between 70 and 80%. The Equalizer 3 is there. Daryl Dixon is there. A Haunting in Venice is there. Sitting in Bars with Cake is there at 81%. And then we get kind of into the upper tier. Dumb Money at 85%. One Piece Season 1 at 86%. And then a cluster at the top. Juwan, the latest film from India. a Really a smash hit around the world with a 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Tied with Satanic Hispanics. Cassandro there at 95%. And then Star Trek Lower Decks sitting at 100% not a whole lot of reviews, but over 10, so it is eligible to be on this chart. But these things are clustered so close together, it is kind of hard to see how much critics liked it when you're trying to figure out which one to see. So let's look at these same shows by critics' average rating, and it does adjust things a little bit. First of all, when you look at My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, yes, it had a 28% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, but its average score was at 4.5, so not quite as bad as that 28% might lead you to believe. The Nun 2 is about on par with its ratings, a 5 out of 10 rating, a 46% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Dumb Money is 85% fresh, but has an average rating of 6.7, which to me, indicates that critics liked it, but they didn't love it as much as 85% may indicate it. It was more like a fairly strong like. A Haunting at Venice currently sits at a 6.8 average rating, so again, a little bit below that 80% might lead you to believe, and Cassandro is well-reviewed, 95% fresh, but a 7.4 average rating, which again is good, but not the almost A-plus that you might think of when you see 95%. It and Juwan actually have the same average rating out of 10. Satanic Hispanics has a 7.6, One Piece Season 1 has a 7.7, the second-best Average rating of any show or movie on this particular chart, and then Star Trek Lower Decks is actually still number one here, because it got 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes as far as critics reviewing the movie, and an 8.9 out of 10 average rating, which means that critics who did review Star Trek Lower Decks not only gave it a good rating, they also quite liked the show. So of everything that we are tracking right now, as far as a one through 10 rating, Star Trek Lower Decks season four would be your best bet, followed by One Piece, then Satanic Hispanics and that just about wraps us up I did want to look at the schedule overall and I took in some of your input based off of last week's show where I debuted a version of this and I kind of streamlined it a little bit so that you could kind of get everything on one screen so this is the week's schedule the yellow boxes are theatrical events the red boxes are streaming the bluish purple boxes down at the bottom are broadcast events so we can see that top row theatrically Monday we have Stop Making Sense and IMAX, on Wednesday we have the early screenings for A Haunting in Venice and also After Everything. On Thursday, we have the second night of the After Everything event and Satanic Hispanics also screening. On Friday, A Haunting in Venice is in wide release theatrically. The Inventor and Camp Hideout are also in many theaters nationwide. And then in limited release, we have Dumb Money, Cassandro, Outlawed Johnny Black, Radical Wolf, The Retirement Plan, and Rebel. And then Saturday, wrapping up the theatrical week, it is Batman Day. The Dark Knight trilogy will be returning to theaters nationwide. Looking at streaming for the week ahead, on Tuesday we have Barbie available on premium video on demand, and then Inside available on Amazon Prime Video. On Wednesday, we have Assembled Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on Disney Plus, The Morning Show Season 3 on Apple, The Other Black Girl on Hulu, Wrestlers on Netflix, and Elemental starting its streaming window on Disney Plus. On Thursday, Theatre Camp makes its debut on Hulu and Premium Video on Demand. On Friday, a big streaming day, A Million Miles Away, streaming on Amazon, El Conde on Netflix, Love at First Sight on Netflix, Surviving Summer Season 2 on Netflix, and The Pacific and Band of Brothers on netflix and then on sunday the 17th of september the gold season one begins streaming on paramount and then a pretty light week in the broadcast world two events both happening on tuesday the mtv video music awards airing on tuesday night along with welcome to wrexham season two on fx And that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for watching the show. I hope this has been helpful to map out the week ahead. Be sure to stay tuned right here on the channel because tomorrow morning I'll have my breakdown of the weekend box office on Charts with Dan. And then right here on the channel, I have movie news, reviews, box office, and more. Thank you so much for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.